This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift. So remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Adedokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right. And you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. and I hit send and then I look, looked at it with my glasses on and it's a mess. What I've typed <laughs> is a mess where my fat fingers are like, Noura's nodding because she read it and she was like, oh my God, why is she having this conversation? Which is why I put my glasses on. I'm like, I need to see people properly. If you ever see a tweet or an Instagram comment or a response from any of our social media where there's an ellipses or just like a G for an A or A, yeah. but then you hit a Q, it's Arthi. <laughs> because she doesn't have her readers on. <laughs> You're going to get there too, okay, Nora? I know, I know. That's why I have my glasses on. So today we have our glasses on, not just because we're realizing that we're aging and our eyesight is failing us, but also because we wanted to be a little bit more profesh, a little bit more smart, because we have Sassy and Angela on from the Bravo Docket. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> guys, excited to be back. First of all, thank you guys so much for all the shout outs, because... <laughs> It's like always so flattering because like, who are we in this world, right? And so it's always just so nice to have your support. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, we still get um, notes from our listeners saying they came to us through you guys. So yeah, Aww. thank you. Yeah. That's, that makes us so happy. Anybody who has ever left us like a Apple iTunes review is like, by the way, I came over here from the Bravo docket. And I'm like, you know, the Bravo docket listeners actually leave reviews. The reality is podcast listeners don't <laughs> regularly leave reviews. Um, so yeah, you guys have like the best listener. I mean, you guys are an amazing podcast. We're just so excited to have you on because today we're talking exclusively about Salt Lake City because 
who knew that like one franchise in one year and the newest franchise could just have such a clusterfuck of everything I mean we did a Stefan meme when we first when the (laughs) the franchise first started and we said okay it has everything in it that meme could go on and on and on now because we can keep adding to that right yeah I mean when they announced it I was like this is the weirdest city to have a housewives in I was like what are they going to give us like Instagram moms and baking (laughs) and I don't know but like it's been the complete opposite of that it's just been so so giving for better or for worse. <laughs> well, for a franchise that was all about like religion, you know, you pray for it, I guess, then God gives because that's what's yeah. happening here. <laughs> yeah, Jesus gave. Jesus gave. Don't be putting that on Jesus. <laughs> That'd be something else. <laughs> Don't Jesus into this. That's true. Poor Jesus being dragged into this. Jesus is like, I hey, mean- hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. It's not me. It's not me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll talk about a little bit about last night's episode. We opened back up on this fight from last week of Jen and of Jen's vagina and Meredith's trauma. And even the editors are like, this is a stupid fight because I love when they put the bouncy clown music when like the ladies are just shouting at each other. Yeah. That was so apparent this time. <laughs> so apparent. Eventually, this fight ends up at, why didn't you go in the van with us? Is it because you're an FBI informant? To which Meredith lets out the most maniacal laugh since Heather Dubrow cackling in Nicole's face. (laughs) It was so silly. So I have to pause there for a second. Do you guys think Meredith Marks is an FBI informant? Uh, 1,000% no for me. The feds, they do not need her help. <laughs> they do not no. need her help. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. I like, can't believe they actually went with that as a storyline. Like When I saw that in the trailer, I was like, okay, that's going to be like one conversation. But then it really is going on for episodes upon episodes that like they really think this could be a thing, which is crazy. Yeah. And like Whitney especially was like, just tell me. Just tell me if it's really a thing. And it's like, what in the world do you think like Meredith hired a private investigator and then sent her findings to the FBI just like (laughs) called them like ring ring like Jen I just it was so bizarre and the fact that Whitney was pressing on it so much annoyed me yeah I'm gonna start a new conspiracy theory because if you were a FBI informant wouldn't you be in the van with them yeah. And oh, would yeah. she then try to deflect and blame it on somebody else? I think Whitney is the informant. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's good. You know, whenever they talk about a private investigator, it makes me laugh because I maybe you guys probably don't feel this way because you are lawyers and maybe you've like been in that space before where you've gotten information from a PI, not directly, but maybe on a case. I just imagine like the old timey movies where you have like this guy in like a shady office, you know, with like and then like a damsel walks in and it's some like creepy old like guy in a trench suit and like a tilted hat. Like that's what I imagine is the PI. That Meredith has been working with. Like Gil Murray in Wild Things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so silly. And so yeah. it's just hilarious to think that, like, this is the man that's been collecting information for the feds. <laughs> <laughs> So this rumor, like you said, was started by Bad Weather themselves, Heather and Whitney, and somehow it gets bounced around the table and lands on Jenny, 
who in the past I would say, hey, that's not really cool. But now I'm like, fuck it. This is maybe this is how karma works. I don't know. And then finally, after multiple storm ops and finger pointing and yelling, Jen and Meredith somehow calmly have a conversation and speak to each other. And then like Jen is sobbing into Meredith's arms. Like, how does that even happen? And who is this person? And like, I'm now anticipating the dramatics and the antics that will play out when Jen Shaw actually, if she goes to trial, like it's going to be hilarious to watch. Yeah. You guys mentioned on one of your episodes that the video of what they said to her during her arrest, where she's like in a gymnasium or whatever, she a rec center or something. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about her contact lens being dry or needing her contact solution. Like you said that that video is actually available and it's going to be reviewed by, I guess, the government. I mean, who can leak that for us? Like, get me that tape because I'm sure it's so ridiculous. I mean, it sounds like it's like pretty consistent with what the um, government said in response. And I mean, it's just... I don't know. It's going to be, this is going to be a fascinating trial. And we just don't get federal criminal trials very often. Like they just don't, everybody please out because by the time the feds are on to you, they have mm-hmm. typically so much evidence. I mean, right. that they don't, you know, because they have the ability to get it and then they have the resources to get it. And so there's no reason for them to make an arrest if they don't think that they can approve their case at trial. And so it's just very rare to actually have like a full federal criminal jury trial. And I just hope this one goes uh, to just see that play out. Just the, you know, it's just, especially with Jen. Yeah. <laughs> She's a performer, yeah. guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so if, we, if I can just jump into it with the legal part of it, right? So you said that it's very rare, and but it's happening more and more, right? At least with the cases that we're seeing publicly, including Donald Trump, it's happening a lot more with people not really, you know, settling up front, but letting it go to trial and trial in public, right? So is this a new phenomenon? And is that something that is okay? Is this something that new that you're looking at? That this is how people are reacting? Like, it's okay if, uh, you know, it's a federal case, and I'm still going to lead my normal life and try <laughs> and get the public on my side. I mean, I don't, I have like an entire blog post of the compendium of, and I call it a compendium a federal fraud on film and it like this isn't I don't know I guess if there's two parts to your question one is is it more frequent the you know federal jury trials for criminal Mm -hmm. cases that are in the public eye and then two is this becoming more common that you know where you're getting to view reality stars as they are preparing for either a federal trial like criminal one or civil one and I just think mm. that, like, I think maybe it is becoming more frequent that we're getting to see people as they're awaiting uh, either sentencing or as they're awaiting trial on TV. That seems to be mm. more frequent. But I, that might just be because there's more reality TV now. <laughs> so, that's true. That's you know, true. Yeah. it might yeah. be the same level of like criminal activity, just more of the criminals are on TV. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think we're paying attention to it more, seeing mm-hmm. it more, or have more mm-hmm. access to it now because of social media and the mm-hmm. public and media. And, you know, it's everywhere and it's permeating the shows that we watch now. So maybe yeah. we're paying more attention to it and seeing it more apparent just because mm-hmm. we're paying more attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it's 
an excess of federal criminal trials that is ha- that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I wonder if because we're paying more attention to it, these people that do get involved in these cases who are, whether they're being charged or accused or whatever, they are turning to the public and turning to a social media presence to be innocent in the court of public opinion or to get some support from the court of public opinion, which usually never goes in their favor. I feel like the the internet is ready to roast you. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's usually a bad move. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of see the internet as like the mob with the, in Beauty and the Beast, like the mob with the torches that are, yes. I mean, it's, yeah, that's kind of how I see the internet most of the time. Yes, 100%. 100%. So the next morning, everybody in the house is awakened by Meredith screaming at the top of her lungs to leave her family the <laughs> fuck out of it. She's in full, like, my voice when I'm yelling at my kids and I've had it. Her voice goes from, like, like just, like, yelling, like, her regular, I'm disengaging yelling to like a next level that I can only describe as like mom has had it. And it's so funny because as much as I hate like the way that Heather and Whitney are showing themselves to be spineless snakes, them also hiding underneath the covers is like, oh shit, mom is mad. Like we need to hide right now. With a picture of water. With a picture of water. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It, just, it, it came out of nowhere. It's like, did her Xanax run out and like wear off? And right? she was like, was like, yeah, all right, the Zen is gone. And then it was like, okay, so Lisa told you the story last night, so that means you fell asleep and then you woke up this angry. Like what? But also she, I was, I was like, okay, maybe she woke up early and then she's been stewing, waiting for the camera people and everybody to get ready so they can film her, mic her and all of that. So it's been like building up inside her. (laughs) Sunglasses on. She's like, get this mic pack on, damn it. I'm going to run down there. And Heather, and Heather in her knee high shorts running around. I felt like I understood Meredith in that moment because, I mean, my dad passed away really unexpectedly in mm. 2013. And I I know they've said like the stages of grief, those have been debunked, but I mm. had one of them and it wasn't anger, it was grief rage. And I just mm. like, for like years, and I would, I would just get like set off if someone said something about my dad or something to do with that. And it's like, I would be get around. And so I like, I was like, hmm. That looks about right to me when I saw him freaking out about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't judge. I may or may not have done something before I got that angry. I don't know. Now I'm imagining you running around with glasses, big glasses on, running around in the morning in your pajamas yelling at everyone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? Listen. No, it was like no, the, her anger and her outrage and being mad was rightfully so. Yeah. It's just the way she just burst out. <laughs> In the morning and the way she did it all of a sudden. That part was kind of hilarious to watch because (laughs) you're looking at it like they have no idea what's happened. And what is up with Lisa going up to people's rooms in the middle of the night and stirring the pot? She's trying to do it when the cameras aren't there so she can get ahead of the story. Like she did it before. Exactly. She waits till the cameras leave and she then she like sneaks out and has a conversation that can't be recorded to try to get ahead of the story yeah. or change the narrative. Exactly. And like Lisa's such a bad actress, but she's like <laughs> such a manipulator. She's like, oh my God, 
I can't believe this is happening. Meredith, why are you so mad? It's like, you're confused. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I get her confusion because she probably did tell her that last night, like you said. And it's like, what happened? Like, did you just doze off while the information was coming down? Like, what happened overnight or this morning that you were like, Eureka, I need to be like raging mad now. You know what I mean? But also Lisa being shocked somehow that Meredith is upset about the exact information that she herself told Meredith was just like chef's kiss of like, this is why Lisa Barlow is such a ridiculous and hilarious person. <laughs> you know, she texted Brooks after, or called no, Brooks after Lisa talked to her. And Brooks was like, don't you dare get mad about this until the cameras get you? back there. Don't you dare <laughs> yes. wait for the cameras. Yeah, I feel that's like true. Brooks is constantly directing Meredith on what to say and that's why she's yes. constantly calling him and saying this happened and then this happened and how am I supposed to react here <laughs> yeah isn't it odd that like she doesn't call her husband and instead she calls her well, youngest her child yeah. her little baby that unfortunately had to see a vagina once <laughs> But he did make a really good point this episode where he was like, if you were an informant, who the F cares? Like, if, you know, like if she's allegedly stealing from from these elderly people, who the F cares if you're helping them with their case? I I was on Brooks's side on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, I'm even on Meredith's side if she is an FBI informant, for God's sake. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the rumor itself is crazy or like this like little conspiracy theory that these women are coming up with is like bananas that one, she's an FBI informant and she made up her father's memorial service so that she didn't have to take a sprinter van to Vail. I mean, it's unreal and it's strung together in one sentence it's so hilarious it's like (laughs) unbelievable yeah and it doesn't make any sense because didn't Meredith get to the house before them so like yes it's so stupid they're so they're such dumb fucks I love them so much because they're so (laughs) stupid and then after everybody finally sits down they all sort of like collectively tap their noses and say not it about it. And then Meredith just kind of like moves on, which is also really funny because of like her ebbs and flows of her anger and like how she can suddenly just be like, all right, let's go rock climbing, I guess. No, she has to, she's calmed down by Lisa. Remember, Lisa comes in with Mary following her. And Mary, Mary stands there eating her eggs and refusing to leave. And they're waiting. Oh my God, that's and so waiting for so I awkward. loved it so much. <laughs> so awkward. I have to say, this episode is the episode that I, I fell in love with Mary doing everything that she did. She, I thought she was like the most relaxed this episode. She would just walk mm. past everybody and just comment on something and keep walking past them. <laughs> she kept doing that to everybody in the scenes. And the scene with her eating her eggs and not leaving the room was just perfect. Yeah. (laughs) She also said that she loved rock climbing and she loved being outdoors in nature, but she did not want to have to see others' (laughs) nipples. So the rest of the episode is general shenanigans and filler. And I just thought, okay, like they get drunk and they have dinner and whatever they dance. And then they're like a happy dysfunctional family and they wake up in each other's beds like the New York girls. But then the preview of next week's episode shows this insane hot mic moment with Lisa claiming that Meredith has fucked half of New York. So I guess Harry Dubin must come with every Shed Media production because 
who, you know, if she fucked half of New York. Harry Dubin's definitely on the list. <laughs> Tom D'Agostino, Harry Dubin. Yeah. <laughs> the red scarf guy. You can't oh, forget about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarf guy. And the guy on American Idol. He oh, seems yeah. to pop up a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, also, God, could you imagine if she hooked up with, uh, with dry cleaner John? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone hooking I can't imagine Dorinda hooking up with him. <laughs> Uh, so obviously the big elephant in the room this episode is the fact that as of last Wednesday we had these like super racist posts come out about Jenny and everybody on social media has been blowing it up and Bravo has been radio silent technically still and Lisa Barlow said we filmed Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday and it's going to get addressed after the Sunday night show so we all watched it and basically they spent 26 fucking seconds on it Andy Mm -hmm. said Oh, Jenny's really problematic posts from a couple of years ago, which I guess technically two years is a couple, but like in pandemic years, two years is like last week. What do you guys think of all the stuff that's going on here with Jenny? It's horrific. I mean, you know, she's a new housewife and I think we're all rooting for her, especially representing the Asian community. But then to read that, it's like part of me is like, okay, it's another one. You know what I mean? Part of me is like, great, another one on Bravo. And half of me is just like, how angry can I get now? You know, like, Mm -hmm. is my tank full of, you know, still full? (laughs) Like, do I have enough anger to give? And because it keeps happening, you know, it's like this summer with Ramona and how it just, we didn't get a reunion and it just went away. And we're all expected to just let it happen and go away. And then this, and it's like, what do you do? You know, of course I want Bravo to say something. Of course they need to to step out and treat it appropriately and like make a statement and stand behind yeah. who they're casting and putting on our shows. But like, is that on me to get angry for them? Like, I feel like I'm part of the people that are being mm-hmm. affected by this. And it's like, why is that my responsibility to have them call it out? I almost feel like they should step up every time. And it almost, it gets, it gets tiring to read it and have it come up again and again so i don't know if that was eloquent but that's just kind of how i feel like (laughs) perfect we are not eloquent we just say what we feel (laughs) so that's actually just fine but you are far more eloquent than we've been i mean i agree with you i think somebody in our social media recently said nini tried to call out the talent before she left bravo she was the one that kept saying, like, you guys, this is a racist organization. They do not treat their black talent well. And everybody called her crazy. I mean, myself included. I was like, oh, and Nene's being so dramatic. And now the way that this is going down, where we're now on, what, day six, Arthi? You've been counting? I'm the one counting day five. <laughs> oh, day finishing five. finishing up day five. Tomorrow will be day six. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had a statement faster about Kenya Moore wearing a Native American mm-hmm. Halloween costume than any of this. So Andy on his show said that in case you guys don't realize it, the higher ups are in serious conversation and it will be addressed. And today he has, I think tonight he has Meredith coming over and it's going to be a live show and I think that's when he's going to make address it or say something about it but I'm like why did you even broadcast last night's episode it was taped earlier they could have canceled it because the whole episode started out a with a lot of speculation about Mary Mm. and her marriage and all of that and her mother's videos that were like some random video that's on YouTube and you're giving it life and you're talking about that and then they talk about how Jenny is so fun and funny all of those things in retrospect should have been scraped they should have put a disclaimer up front that this was taped and that some of this may 
upset uh, the audience, but this is what was happening before we found out. Mm-hmm. Or they should have just scraped that whole episode and played an older episode or something of that sort last night and not had that on because that was even more upsetting. And they kept trying to defend it by saying that this was pre-recorded. This was pre-recorded. Well, if it was pre-recorded, it could have you could have just canceled it. You didn't have to necessarily broadcast that. It was just upsetting that they would still not be sensitive to it four days um, into this whole scenario. Even if it was pre-recorded, it's like you still addressed some of it on the show, so you right. could have spent more time talking about it. I mean, it was really uncomfortable because the like last three minutes of Watch What Happens, they literally were asking Lisa about her sister dating her husband and then he right. spent like two minutes asking her about Mormons and divorce. And Lisa even said, we covered this already, Andy. And Andy goes, remind me again. And like, it's very obvious that they're just like making time up so that they don't mm-hmm. have to address the elephant in the room, which is Jenny. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. they did say online that maybe there was like a gag order on these ladies from being able mm-hmm. to say anything. Is that a thing that can happen? It's difficult. We, I mean, one of our earlier episodes discusses like the adhesion type contracts that, because we had managed to get a hold of one from that Southern Charm debacle mm-hmm. where Catherine's right, right. politician boyfriend or whatever, not mm-hmm. Ravenel, the other one sued yeah. Bravo and the court's been allowing that to proceed. That's there's There's big issues with freedom of speech and your constitutional right to say that you don't agree with a type of behavior or, mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't, I, I don't. I would love to get my hands on one of those full contracts and just mm-hmm. see what's yeah. actually in there. I imagine they do put restrictions on speaking out against mm-hmm. like your right. cast members. I don't know. I don't know how they would word it. Like issues. Yeah. I don't know. You know, but you, um, they can't they can't pr- prevent you from saying I disagree with this type of behavior. Right. Like, but they could fire you. They could fire you, yeah. But I mean, yeah. for exercising your freedom of speech, like I, I get that they were like, okay, we can't say exactly what happens and ruin, spoil the show or whatever. I just don't see how you can have a contract that prohibits you from saying that you disagree with a certain type of behavior or disagree with racist act. I don't know, you know, like it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it feels I don't know crazy. How you would write that contract. Yeah, it feels crazy that there would ever be a legal contract that would be like allowed in this country that would ha- – I mean, I guess it's not that crazy. This country has done some of the really <laughs> wacky stuff. Uh, not wacky, straight up problematic and racist and misogynist. But it, it sounds insane that there could be a like a, a, a contract that at your job that would keep you from being able to, like you said, say, I don't – support this racist person that I'm working with or these racist posts by my coworker. Like, I didn't even realize that like a company could do it. Should I be reading my contract at work? Like, Yes. <laughs> Everyone should be yeah, reading should their contract. Everyone should be reading all the contracts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, was- sure. Yes. I just went through my contract and line by line. I just look at the dollar amount that they're going to agree to pay me and then I sign it and I move on. I especially I, look at what what is a firing offense and what the severance package is going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me more is that we went through this whole thing at the beginning of 2020, late 2019, with a whole bunch of different things that happened at Bravo. They had the whole, all of the Black talent, including Candy, come on and do the show and talk about Black Lives Matter and all of that. 
and then they hired Jenny. Then mm-hmm. they hired Jenny. So I'm wondering if there's no policy, hiring policy that was put in place that was anti-discriminatory or had some uh, vetting process that would include looking at your, you know, basic social media. I mean, Facebook of all things is the most basic that you could go to. But also, um, what is the course for their talent if they feel that they have been put into a situation such as this, right? What could Mary do, even though she's quit, but Mary was subject to and put in, made to work with a person who had violent and racist remarks on her uh, social media? What is her course of action? Is, does she even have a course of action? Man, we would love to be able to look at those contracts and tell you. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Maybe Mary can share it with us. <laughs> yes. Mary, yes. send us your contract. We'll find the loophole yes. for you. <laughs> I, we would love nothing more than to be, I mean, the the contract that the, you know, like a friend of signs or whatever from before that we have, yeah. um, I mean, it says like you agree that they're allowed to misrepresent you, that they're allowed to lie about you, that the producers are allowed to lie to you, that they can wow. use your likeness in any way. I mean, you have no, I mean, we looked at that and I was like, I would never sign anything like this ever wow. ever i there's no part about being on tv that would be valuable enough to me to sign this contract it's wow. and horrible to add to that i imagine <laughs> that when nini left she left in a blaze you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, i yeah. imagine that she maybe this is just speculation went mm-hmm. to council to review her contract and to see if she could do anything against bravo mm-hmm. that's just my instinct because she seemed so scorned that yeah. I wouldn't put it past her to try and figure out a way to get back at them or not even get back at them if it's a- appropriate. So I imagine that they're signing away a lot of their rights by going on these shows. And just based on that one that we saw for some guy who was on it for what, like one episode, two episodes? Yeah. 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 We so. barely remember him. Yeah. I mean, even if you think about Mariah Huck from Married to Medicine, she was right. an executive producer on Married to Medicine. She called right. it her show, which is very funny. But she was an executive producer on that show. Right. And the way that she left, she was the only one that was basically siding with Nini to say like, yeah, this is very true and how they're treating Black talent is not okay. Mm. Um and so, yeah, it seems like there are definitely that those contracts really must restrict you from mm. being able to do anything. But in my mind, it just seems like an immoral thing that you would keep your cast from being able to speak up about violently racist posts, like violently mm. racist posts. It's like it's not even like about running down black people. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because, mm. you know, even watching this episode was there were so many moments where suddenly it became extremely clear. And I feel mm-hmm. I feel so stupid because I don't know, I, I, I guess like it's my experience. Right. I didn't see these things as glaring evidence mm-hmm. because I'm not black. And for black people who have experienced this kind of racism in their lives all the time, when you see it on TV, you go, that's fucking racist. Like that person is racist. And there's been people who have been raising their hands about Jenny for a while. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it. But now that I see those posts, watching the show is like, it's insane. Because even when the ladies are sitting around talking about why is Meredith yelling? And when Mary comes into the room, suddenly it gets really toxic and really tense with Jenny, Mm -hmm. right? Something Mm -hmm. is off. Even at the dinner table, when Jen is like screaming in Jenny's face, Jenny's only angry at Mary. And all Mary does is like, 
like rolls her eyes or something. And so now it's becoming very, very obvious that like this has been a consistent problem and this person brought it into the show, but they kind of masked it in ways that I think if you have not experienced that kind of racism, you might not see. It also like before this came out, I I totally agree with you. I was like, why does Mary have an issue with Jenny? I'm not getting it. I was like, what is going on? But now it totally makes sense. And I agree with you when when Jenny... Do, do you, did you guys also like read about how people were saying that she spoke with a black accent when speaking to yes. Mary and like yes. did a head roll? And yes. I didn't notice it before yes. either. And now it's yeah. just so clear. As immigrants, I can tell you there are enough number of people that come into the U.S. and their exposure to popular culture is through black culture. Yeah. So oftentimes when we are assimilating, we sometimes pick up the black yeah. cultural accent and, you know, words and things like that. When somebody speaks like that, I oftentimes an immigrant, I think that, oh, that's what they picked up when they assimilated, right? Yeah. So that's why I did not, it did not really trigger that this was deliberate and it was because she was mocking Mary. I did mm-hmm. not pick up on that. Even in this episode, if I had not known what Jenny had done, if I had watched this episode where Mary sits her down, Mary says, I don't care about your view. I don't care about you. Dismisses Jenny and everybody's like, why are you dismissing Jenny? I would have been like, yeah, why is Mary dismissing mm-hmm. Jenny? Right? Because that seems a little um, rude. But now I was like, I'm okay with it. And I was fine with it because now I know maybe yeah. maybe Mary did know about Jenny's Facebook post. Maybe Mary didn't know what what Jenny has posted and where her views stood, which is why Mary was deliberately poking her and ignoring her if she went she didn't want to have anything to do with Jenny. She that's why she came out hating Jenny from from the get-go. And I feel like maybe she knew. Maybe Mary knew and everybody, maybe the others knew as well. We don't know that yet. Well, I have a conspiracy theory that Bravo definitely knew. Like, there's no way that Bravo didn't know. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't know who it was. I can't remember which podcaster who messaged us or if I saw it on Twitter. Honestly, I've been consuming too much Bravo information to, like, remember. But somebody said that they reach out to you. And they review your social media and they mm-hmm. tell you what to scrub. Okay. So when where Jenny posted that non-apology and she says, oh, um, you know, I deactivated my Facebook and um, I, you know, I let it go because of my old feelings about all these things, whatever nonsense she said. I do believe that she may have deactivated that Facebook. But also, if you've ever tried to deactivate Facebook, it's very difficult to do. And sometimes it just turns right back on. It's like, hello. Hi, I'm here for your family to remember that I, you're a racist. That's just Zuckerberg fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, just Zuckerberg <laughs> So like, I feel like he's sitting there randomly turning on people and turning off people. He's like, you use this word. I'm going to put you in FB jail. I think that's like a game that he plays at yeah, night exactly. to calm himself down. He just goes into random accounts. I wouldn't be surprised. Like maybe, maybe his wife watches Salt Lake City and was like, fuck with these ladies. Just turn that one profile back on. Um, so I do believe that that happened. But then going back to that, I think it's that she was told by Bravo to get rid of it. And if Bravo knows that this person has these feelings, they are horrible for putting a known racist into a space with not just Mary, but also Jen, because Jen is as much as 
as much as I as a Muslim have a problem with her presentation of Muslim on the show because Mm -hmm. I feel like she's using it as like a storyline. She's still Muslim and she has black, Mm -hmm. she's a black husband and she's got black sons and Jenny's posts were racist and also she had a lot of Islamophobic stuff. So they knowingly put their employees in that position. But if the contracts are as brutal as you say they are for friends of or somebody who's been on for two episodes or whatever... I just can't imagine what a real full-time housewife is restricted in. Like, that's insane. If this franchise gets canceled, Mary left, but if the franchise gets canceled, can Jen sue Bravo and say, you cost me a job because you put me into yeah. this situation? Could Tiffany not. Moon, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. True. Yeah. I think if she would have, she could have. If she could have, she would have. She had the yeah. funds. She had the resources. That's yeah. true. I want to talk about Mary because... I have to say, the episode you guys did on Mary, which if you're listening and you haven't heard it, it's episode seven. It's called So I Married My Grandpa, Death and Taxes <laughs> in Utah. The episode that you guys did on Mary is so good. Episode titles, they're so good. Oh, the episode <laughs> titles are so good. But that episode itself is so good. And, you know, I don't want to watch that interview, that that poorly poor production interview that is up right now on YouTube of like Mary's mom and stepdad just because um, mostly because I'm petty and the production value is low and I'm not about to watch a low budget video. Okay, Candace. So uh, I'm not going to watch it. But if you don't want to watch it, you should instead listen to this episode that you guys did because it's fascinating the way you break down the timeline of essentially the entire like empire that Mary's grandmother made and then how it was taken away from her and her family by this guy, Robert Sr. It's like, once you listen to that, the most fascinating thing about it is that like, Mary has issues and Mary says problematic things and likely does some problematic things. But Mary might actually be trapped in all of this. And there might be a bigger culprit here, allegedly, possibly. And that's Robert Sr. I mean, if you just look at the like the facts that you guys have been able to find of the legal stuff that went on from the time of mama's death, Mary's grandmother's death, to when like Robert Sr. suddenly marries Mary. You have a pretty compelling argument there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's and if, it, if Noah was in the jury and you were presenting to her, she would be. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like you. emancipate her from Mary from Robert Senior. Is that the right term? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Away. Yeah, save her. Yeah. yeah, free Mary. Like we did, Brittany. Now it's time for Mary. The most amazing part about that story is the fact that like Mary's grandmother, because the. I have to go to like how the sh- how the show presented Mary I think is also a disservice because they presented Mary Cosby as being unbelievably wealthy through a church but when you actually look at the life that her grandmother had her grandmother started a church yes which by the way is amazing this like black woman in Salt Lake City was doing door-to-door missionary work in like the 1960s so that itself is amazing but She had all these businesses that she had made and she created, yeah, like essentially an empire for herself. But I feel like on the show, we kind of hear about it. She talks about her houses and the company and all that stuff. But like, it seems very much like Mary's just sitting on a pile of money and she doesn't know where any of that money is coming from. So you're just left to believe that she's 
stealing from her church. Tell us in your synopsis, like, what, what have you found about Mary that we surprised about? Okay, well, I mean, I, I think Angela did most of the research for that one. Yeah, but I want to say that interview with her parents kind of confirmed a lot mm-hmm. of what you're saying and feeling about Robert. Mm-hmm. Her mom similarly feels like Robert is kind of the one behind all of this. But Robert was found, there was a judgment against him. I was going to yeah. say he was found guilty. That's mm-hmm. not right. But there was a judgment against him well, he where found he did civilly, forge. Yeah, yeah, the deeds, civilly right? Guilty. Civilly guilty. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He forged documents to essentially steal some property from the estate. So there is some... How is that not guilty, but civilly guilty? Like, it's it's wrong? well because guilty is like a criminal you know term. Frank Catania lost his law license. I'm just <laughs> I'm just like it's just yeah. forging documents. Oh it's yeah, it's no yeah. big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think when we first recorded it, we were singing the grandma's praises as well. But then we got comments or messages saying that the grandma was actually as sketchy as Robert Cosby has been portrayed. So. That, like, oh, a lot of those businesses were a little bit predatory. So I don't – we don't know. I know. <laughs> so, well, she's still pretty fucking amazing for being born still in amazing. the 1930s. Yeah. Like, I, maybe, maybe if you think of her as a grandma. Maybe yeah, if you think of her yeah, as Mary, No, but, like, even – for like a black woman in the ni- born in the True. 1930s to be able to amass this much wealth by like 1998 oh, yeah. when she dies, yeah. like that's pretty freaking amazing. And in Utah. Right. Yeah, yeah in exactly. Utah, but, but, I yeah. mean, yeah, we only got like a couple comments that for all we know were from racist white people. Like we don't know because they're anonymous internet comments. So we don't like, <laughs> yeah. we don't know. But there there were a couple of people that messaged us that was like, you know, Rosemary or Mama Cosby was just as predatory as Robert. But we don't have any like that's just people saying that on the Internet. We don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it is absolutely that's the thing that I was if you you know, we listened to the episode when I did all that research, I was just awestruck by what this woman accomplished. Because yeah. I at that time, I mean, I think women in the United States have only been able to even have a bank account in their own name for like what? 70 years or something, you know, it's like, just saying she was like a woman of color in that area that is just so predominantly white, being able to start these businesses. And then the more like the mortgage company and like not even the main religion or anything was just Mm -hmm. amazing to me. So no matter what she did accomplish those things. And like, I did feel like watching Mary on the show. I'm like, I wish that this empire that was built up by this woman of color was discussed more like, you know, her accomplishments as opposed to just all the church, Mm -hmm. which is, looks, appears to be shady as I'll get out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The church stuff is definitely sketchy. And I do want a disclaimer that like, if you look into most religious organizations in America, (laughs) that's generally what you're going to find. Not just in America, elsewhere too. Yeah. Around the world. So it's not unusual to also do a deep dive into a religious organization and find very, very unsettling practices. So that's not to say that like it's specifically Mary's church or anything. I mean, hello, it's like Utah and Mormons. And we spent like multiple episodes of Heather saying that Mormonism is a cult. So it's all there. But Mary's specific situation, it made me sad for her because like you said, it's like they've shown it to be that it's just all coming from the church. And then even this season storyline of Mary's um, these, you know, accusations that people have had to, you know, mortgage their homes for over $300,000. 
The big thing is also Mary's grandmother's empire included a mortgage company. And now there's like multiple cases, mm-hmm. I guess, of like or allegations of mortgage fraud. Could that all be connected? I mean, these people may have even had a mortgage through mama's mortgage company no like i mean it's possible and i mean aren't all mortgage lenders predatory isn't that the whole thing you know i really had a lot of it raised all of my like the hair in the back of my neck started to stand up when i was researching for that episode and i was researching the mortgage company and i all i'm going to say is that out of curiosity i looked up the complaints against the mortgage company that uh the church administrator took over Uh, Mary's church administrator took over and I compared those two complaints against the company that I personally use for my mortgage just to, I was like, you know, maybe they all get lots of Mm -hmm. complaints. Yeah. It wasn't even Mm -hmm. close. Mm -hmm. And then the number of, Mm -hmm. there was multiple states that had like alleged, you know, violations of their various, you know, mortgage protection acts and so forth against that mortgage Mm -hmm. company. And the mortgage company that I just used as like a sample, you know, the one I used didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I Mm -hmm. got really, and then watching the show and seeing the people in the church talk about how they were forced to mortgage their house or they got compelled to mortgage their house or something like that. It just was, it's like, that's very, it's an unsettling, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not going to say one thing or the other because I'm, you know, you didn't have the fact. Yeah. There's been no yeah, charges. Right. That's fine. You don't, you don't have yeah. to. People yeah. can arrive to their own conclusions. <laughs> I, I Another thing I wanted to ask was on the show, Mary keeps saying, you know, mama left me all everything. Mama left me everything. But if you look at the actual legal stuff, the estate was, I guess, in control of Robert Sr. and um, Annie Lewis Johnson, right? Is that her name? Anne or Annie? Mm-hmm. Annie. And was yeah. like the financial, I guess, Johnson. like – yeah, she does like the she does like the books, I guess, for the church. And it doesn't seem like it was specifically left to Mary because there was never a will. It was just the will of God mm-hmm. or Mama or whomever. And it seems very much like Mary was just convinced by someone, potentially Robert Sr., to marry him. And therefore get all of the wealth and everything like that. And Mary's kind of even alluded to not ever speaking to her mother and all of that. And it was all over the money. She keeps saying like, oh, it was because people got greedy. But if you actually look into like why these uh, just between like that 97 to 99 time period, why there's all these like visits to court about dealing with the estate. It's because there's a lot of shady shit going on and rightfully we're concerned about it. And on top of that, they were thinking that this guy had murdered their mom and then their daughter was marrying him. Like that's in yeah. that. That's a mm-hmm. crazy, crazy story right. that yeah. we haven't even gotten like a little bit of. All we keep seeing about Mary is like her wacky closet and her like designer hoarding mm-hmm. and that this assumption that she's like this predator at this church who's like taking money from people and calling herself God. And, and like granted, you- she is yeah. nuts because she did say some really crazy shit to Whitney. I mean, just the prank pamphlet or whatever she made, the invite <laughs> to the Italian dinner and then her reaction to it, that itself was like, <laughs> you know, enough for that but the other darker side of it is just it's actually it's such a I love that episode I think I've listened I, to it seriously I would times. love for a Mary Cosby and Karen Huger road, a road trip because oh I my think god that would be hilarious oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't 
wish that on Karen. I, I know. No. 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 Maybe with maybe with Matt in the back or Matt driving and keeping keeping the peace. That would be okay. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. We're not going to get to the bottom of it either now we, because Mary quit. So it's not we're never going to find out more or any of that unless yeah. there's like a Netflix, you know, documentary on Mary at some point. <laughs> we're not going to find get out. Get to it, Hulu. Um, Come on. <laughs> chop, chop. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Hulu just needs to listen to episode seven and be like, all right, we got something already. <laughs> I was just say, Mary's quit Bravo, but we haven't quit Mary. So we'll keep looking. No. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. That's exactly. True. I was fascinated about your episode about Jen Shah, right? Yeah. And you talked a lot about why a federal crime such as that would be brought to court under the conspiracy to commit fraud because that's broad enough so it takes into account even if you haven't committed the fraud if you talked about it then you are pretty much equal into committing the fraud and so there's a lot more leeway for prosecutors to get some level of punishment for those who might have committed fraud so it's much broader and less tighter so people cannot get out of it right you also talked about the venue and Mm -hmm. because it's a federal crime you can pick the venue and new york seems to be most favorable to put these people away and that's why you know and several people have already been indicted in this particular case in new york so it made sense for jen to be there also can jen try to move the case to Utah and is, would that make it is Utah more favorable or any other state more favorable to Jen and does that ever happen or is that not allowed at all she would have to prove that the jurisdiction where it was filed was improper but they have enough the venue is actually proper because she had a sales floor there she meets like uh-huh. the diversity jurisdiction requirements I think she also meets the the minimum amount it's like you yeah. have to like over $75,000 of damages. Mm-hmm. Um, so she meets all of that. So New York, the Southern District of New York is a proper venue. So she can't really defeat that and move it over. Okay. But that is a really good question. If you are going to be in New York and it's conspiracy to commit fraud, if she is found actually to have committed fraud, is that an additional level of charges that would have to be applied to her? In addition to conspiracy to commit fraud, she actually defrauded some people yeah so those are separate charges right yeah yeah so this could keep on adding as they find more evidence is what i'm saying right well in order to prepare for trial she has a constitutional right to know the charges that are being levied against her so that her and her attorneys can properly prepare for trial so they can't just like add a charge you know the week before trial if there was no notice or they can't like sneak one up on her so they have to stop at some point and say this is what we'll take to trial this is yeah. this is the package mm-hmm. we're going to take to trial even though we may have other yeah. evidence okay and i yeah. think before they arrested her they knew what evidence they had and what they were going to go with yeah. so right. i don't think they needed anything yeah. else from her to figure that out <laughs> okay so on the show speaking of arresting her on the show she keeps saying i wasn't arrested you guys i wasn't arrested right. what the hell is she talking about and why isn't there a mugshot she was totally arrested no you, she they, wasn't in jail she was 100% Arrested. She was in handcuffs. She was arrested. She was arrested. She just wasn't in jail. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you commonly <laughs> Sorry, don't get uh, a mugshot for federal criminal 
cases, oh, and it oh. also depends on the jurisdiction. So, oh, okay. yeah, we were really looking yeah, for that. And then when she was like, "Guys, I wasn't arrested," I was like, "I don't know, yeah. maybe she wasn't." She had her braids done, and everything. <laughs> that would have been a beautiful, beautiful mugshot. <laughs> beautiful mugshot, glam to the nines. What a exactly. <laughs> she also keeps mentioning. She also in a couple of uh, um, spots where she's screaming like a banshee oh my god i cannot take that scream anymore i cannot take her no anymore. nobody just, can it it upsets my dogs that's how <laughs> sonic it is but um she mentions eight years she's like i'm gonna be gone for eight years and she mentions that particular number twice and i was like is she in working towards a deal of some sort because i listening to your uh, your episode you mentioned that one of her co-conspirators got eight years like seven years plus some add-on is she working towards that and is that her deal is she in the back end looking i don't for think a deal yeah. yeah i don't think she's getting a deal but i think she's using that as a benchmark which uh, I don't, I can't, I don't remember her saying eight years. So that's a really good that you guys picked yeah, up on I that. Up I didn't on even it hear that. Twice she mentions it when she's screaming about missing her kids, and I'm going to be gone for eight years. Yeah. She says it at prom. The yeah. It's prom and medical school. That's what. Yeah. She's oh using wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's probably just banking on the fact that some another uh-huh. defendant in the case, a right. co-defendant, received that amount of time so she's probably like well this is what i'm gonna get but she's definitely not getting a deal i don't think she's <laughs> according to the government at the top of this yeah what why there's no benefit to them to give her a deal at this point yeah. they got Stu to f- admit his guilt uh yeah i don't think they need her yeah yeah so. i'm wondering what i'm wondering how much of what is going to be presented is going to be jen saying that wasn't me that was too misleading me i didn't know what i was mm-hmm. doing i was following his lead this is what he told me to do he was my business partner that kind of stuff and how much that will work towards her fate in her favor i'm also wondering about what her release conditions were and all of the screaming on the bus and getting into people's faces and drinking all of that does that affect her case at all or no I mean, she's always drinking out of a traveler like I have in my hand right yeah. now. <laughs> or at least she has Straight been vodka. since her, vodka. her arrest. It actually <laughs> says attempted murder and it's got two crows on it. But <laughs> I think she has been advised by counsel to not be shown drinking. I think she's going to say that there's no evidence that she was drinking because she's just putting on a show in order to make money mm-hmm. um i i like when it appeared that she was being threatening physically towards any of her cast members i was like girl that is not the way you behave when you are mm-hmm. out awaiting trial for a big time federal crime like that's not like you can't like i mean you, you yeah, can't no. commit any more crime like you can't as like if any of them decided they felt threatened enough to call the police, she'd be in jail. Right? She would. Right. When she got <laughs> right. into uh, Meredith's uh, face, Meredith could have called the cops and said, "I feel threatened," and that would have been the end of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On your podcast, you did mention two things. One, one I just remembered right now about um, Stu. So originally, Stu, I guess, had said that Jen wasn't involved as much as 
he was like she wasn't really like the head honcho or whatever whereas when that phone call was happening that everybody dialed into and broke last year whatever that was i don't know the legal terms you guys i think it was her arraignment oh that's the one they were like oh she's like the top of you know whatever but then based on the defense that her team came up with and then also what Stu said was that jen wasn't really as heavily involved as they're saying Mm -hmm. that she was and then also i guess part of the defense is that we didn't actively defraud because some people weren't defrauded which is hilarious Mm -hmm. like like I didn't kill everybody I only killed one person so like it's okay that kind of I shot into the crowd but I only killed two people yeah so related to (laughs) Stu now like you know is that still something that's true for him or now that he took a deal is that gone now where he's now not saying that Jen is not as involved we don't know what he's going to say about Jen when he remember Stu saying that Jen wasn't Yeah, I don't remember that either, but she – at the hearing where he pled guilty, he Mm -hmm. admitted to his own fault in Mm -hmm. the conspiracy and in the scheme. He didn't really talk about Jen, but I imagine part of his deal, and this is speculation, was that he will have to testify against Jen. Yeah. I I guess why else would he have been given a deal if he was number two on the – on the list of culpability what benefit does the government get from him in making a deal that's why you make a deal is what what are you negotiating with i give you something you give me something what is the something that Stu can give them you know and that's a finger pointed at jen so and it has been her defense that yeah she wasn't at the top she was just she was number two in the company, and look at this org chart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is part of her exhibit. She put in an organization chart that showed her as like a VP and not at the top hmm. of this scheme. Yeah, some people did make money, and it's just yeah. normal business practices. <laughs> not everyone makes money, but this trial is going to be great. I really hope it goes forward in March. Um, there's been some some discussion that it might get pushed again because of COVID, which is just mm. ruining everything and yeah. the best trial of the year. <laughs> So Sophie's like ready to move to Utah right now. Yeah. She's like, I'll be there. I'll be like- oh, no, New York. I lived in New York. I'm mad that I moved. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I could have been right there. <laughs> now, another thing that I was thinking of, and you guys said this on your podcast, is that there was a lot of questions about, well, did Coach know? Because obviously the Erica Tom situation, everybody was sort of comparing it to that. And you guys did mention on your podcast, look, if the feds have something against you, They'll come after you. They don't have to like figure it out later. And you mentioned Meredith hasn't called them yet. (laughs) (laughs) But you did also mention that there was a couple that was already charged um, Mm. in this whole investigation. And it was like a, you know, a young couple. The the husband was disabled. Like it was a whole thing. So with Coach now watching him on the show, do you still maintain that Coach had no idea? I don't think he knew. I mean, it took the it took the feds this long to bring charges, you know, and I, I mean, they, they, if they feds thought he knew they could have charged him with misprison of a felony, which is being aware that a federal crime is, you know, a felony is being committed and then not, you know, alerting the proper authorities. And so even if he wasn't part of the conspiracy, they could have charged him with that if they wanted to, if they believed that he was doing that. But I mean, I don't, I really don't think he knew. I think he was happy that Jen had something else that was occupying her time. And (laughs) I mean, 
my my friend is married to a college a college football coach and they are gone constantly yeah and he's he's probably lost his hearing doesn't want to deal with jen jen was probably <laughs> like marriage was definitely not in a good place so he was happy doing you know being traveling and not really paying attention to her what i see now when i see coach and her scenes is coach is painfully aware of what those charges mean and oh, how yeah. serious it is and she still doesn't seem to get it she mm-hmm. still thinks she's gonna skate through and get through coach seems like coach looks stressed yeah he looks panicked he knows what it means because he's a lawyer so he's looking at it and saying this is bad i'm yeah. just surprised that he's still hanging on to her and you know i hope he's protecting himself and the kids but it's it's scary to see that well, happen based on all the staged scenes that they have of their stage ramadan and their fake prayers <laughs> and her bad wig i don't really In think that he's month. sticking around yeah before, <laughs> yeah. yeah before cinco de mayo yeah, yeah. there i don't think that he's actually <laughs> sticking around um, yeah. Now, lastly, speaking of husbands, Whitney's husband was recently named in a lawsuit. I guess he was involved in an MLM and that mm-hmm. MLM is getting sued. And the other thing that's coming out now is that Whitney's company, I guess, is it what it was Iris and Bo and now it's Whitney Wild Rose, whatever. Mm-hmm. Iris and Bo used to be an MLM and I guess Whitney's new skincare company is essentially her own MLM. I think that's yes. what she's done. So what I'm excited for is possibly a third housewife on this show to be involved in another legal matter because goodness. <laughs> you guys, you guys could have your podcast forever. It's like they <laughs> listen so to you. Material. It's like they listen to oh, you and no, they're like, already got what can we do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they keep up with not doing background checks, we're set, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You could do your own background checks every quarter. You could do like quarterly background checks on all the housewives, all the Bravo <laughs> hires. And here's what we found. Honestly, I'm loving. I'm. I know we're not talking about OC today, but I'm actually loving your deep dive into Noella and Sweet James <gasps> because that is that one is fascinating. Yeah, oh, there's that. We that one's a oh, disaster. It's too much. Too yeah. much. <laughs> it's just yeah. like. Oh, <laughs> like there's so much there. There's just you guys look so. Oh my god, right it's really. I mean, it's really so. You did Erica Jane. You did Jen Shah, and that didn't trouble you as much as Noella. <laughs> well, Noella is just like I'm almost. I'm I'm sick of it. Almost like <laughs> it's too much right now. Like too much. Yeah, too, soon. Too, like, too soon. Too soon. I don't know. Too soon. Too soon. Let us have a chance to get to know you and have a baseline. I need to take like a baseline read. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's coming in hot. I need a baseline read on somebody before they cause this much legal drama. Like I need like a, like a, like a, just a base layer of just knowledge and then, and then do it. Like, so, but I, it's just like starting that from the beginning and, oh man, I just, Noella is a is a lot, and I Ceci pointed out one of the things that like she I wasn't sure why I was feeling so icky about it, but Ceci very wisely pointed out that like the fact that she was so quickly trying to weaponize the fans on her social media is just untoward. It's you know in in her legal battle. Also, that was like after two episodes, she's like, "Oh yeah. my fans!" Yeah. It's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, who? <laughs> 
there's nothing in the world that drives me crazier than like new rich people who pretend like they don't remember what it was like to like not be rich. Like she mm. has been with this man for six years on and off. I'm sure he was like giving her all kinds of money in the beginning, but like she's really only had access to that money for like a few months. And she acts like she doesn't remember what it was like to fly domestic or fly international <laughs> on like a commercial flight. You know, it's like Erica was ridiculous for saying that she'd never been to a bank in 20 years or doesn't remember anymore. And I 100% believe that Mary Cosby has no idea how money works. But like, Mm -hmm. Noella, you're like, what, 30-something, maybe early 40s, and you don't remember what it's like to (laughs) go on a commercial international flight? Get out of here. Hey, speaking of Erica Jane, do we have an update on that and what's happening there? We have been, it's been so quiet. So she actually filed, so in the case there's so many cases. I don't even every time I start talking about this, I'm like, I forget that not everyone is like following each of the cases like we are. But one of the bank, one of the trustees in the bankruptcy filed a case against her. That's the twenty five million dollar one that everyone is knows of the twenty five million dollars. And they filed a status report jointly that says when they anticipate the trial is going to happen and they think it's going to be next year Mm -hmm. so that doesn't mean it's going to happen next year but that's just a signal to us that we might get another trial (laughs) next year uh another housewife's trial and then she also said that she anticipates deposing or having tom girardi testify on her behalf which also may not happen because it's two years into his alzheimer's dementia i mean he should be worse possibly could yeah, yeah yeah um but we, we spoke about this recently and Angela pointed out he could plead his Fifth Amendment right and mm-hmm. right. not incriminate himself. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, there was another filing that came up recently. Oh, she made a claim for money from the estate. So creditors have to, in the bankruptcies, mm-hmm. have to put what they're claiming and what they're seeking and what they think they're owed from mm-hmm. Tom. And she filed something saying what she was owed from Tom. I think wow. Angela read that more in depth than I did. I read the <laughs> the other one more in depth. So. What's she, remember get, what that she one trying said? to get? What's she trying to get from Tom? How many dollars? What are we talking that about, painting, Angela? That painting he got her. She's trying to get her claiming her full share of the estate. Claiming that it was community property and she was owed a certain amount of his funds and that yeah. she didn't know anything, so she get she should get some money. So is there a reason why Erica's lawsuits are dragging on for this long before they are being pushed to trial versus Jen's, which is being pushed to trial sooner for jen there was so much investigation that went on beforehand and mm. for this one it's happening right now post-lawsuits. Um, yeah it's post yeah. lawsuits right so it's not exactly that, uh federal government had done investigation and generated evidence before they went after got it correct yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean everything that's coming out right now is through the bankruptcy mm. and that takes a long time and it's taking us a really long time specifically now because apparently tom's law firm had complete crap accounting like they can't find of any of the accounts yeah, of he course. did it on a piece yeah. of a paper with a pencil right. just atrocious accounting so it's going to take a while to see mm-hmm. what is going on if there's anything suspicious, which they've already found a little bit of suspicious stuff, which is the mm-hmm. lawsuit against what the lawsuit against yeah. Erica is for. And then if there's anything criminal going on, you know, the feds are going to hear about that. But it's going right. to take a while. Unfortunately for us, we're, we're ready to go. We're like, give me the <laughs> Jen Shaw timeline of trials. But it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. 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 Erica has asked for a jury trial on the fraudulent conveyance 
claim that the trustee is making. So that is literally going to be the trial over all of the stuff we're really interested in. Did she, uh, was there a fraudulent conveyance of any of Tom's funds that benefited Erica that she has to pay back? What is fraudulent conveyance? We're going to have a post on it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a post on it That's soon. That's tomorrow's <laughs> lesson. <laughs> tomorrow. But it, it, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like it is. If it's like two years before the bankruptcy, then and, yeah. and a transfer was made that shouldn't have been made and should actually be property of the state. Oh, Just okay. Yeah. High level. That, mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. that sounds so much – honestly, all of the things that you guys break down in your podcast are always so much simpler. Like even when this Jen Shaw stuff started, they were like, it's an indictment. I was like, I don't know what the fuck an indictment is. <laughs> but every time you talk about Jen Shaw, you always start the episode with like, all right, Angela, can you tell them what is an indictment? <laughs> Thank you. You know, like here's a glossary of all the legalese. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah. with that. And then yeah. we and, enjoyed it. And it's and, so helpful. It's so helpful to listen to it over and over again. Yeah. And your website is like super duper helpful. And I freaking love oh, your good. social media posts. Like your Instagram posts are like the best. It's like boom, yes. boom, boom every single time. So we're just uh, – we love you guys so much. And uh, we're just so grateful that you're here to impart your wisdom on Aww. us. I mean – what are you guys looking forward to? The next next legal things, what are you looking forward to in the coming weeks? I'm looking forward to um, doing an LVP deep dive. She's had Ooh. a lot of different lawsuits with different subject matters. So, Ooh, you know, there know was like the a... fire at Pump. That's what Yeah, is. there's yes. a fire. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the wage stuff. Fires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Puppy I really want to get my hands on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get it. Find out what's going on with Lucy Lucy apple juice. Just <laughs> Um, I do want to like say that it's so fascinating because certainly there are things that are deeply, deeply troubling in the Bravo world, right? That mm-hmm. obviously we've talked about. We we just the stuff that's coming out with Jenny this week, like, is just a reminder that Bravo does really shitty background checks and they don't really care that much. And it's like even this episode that was on yesterday of Salt Lake City, even again, there's all these other things that are going on. There's, you know, the the bizarro FBI informant rumor and mm-hmm. Mary, all these allegations against Mary and all this stuff. But ultimately these women are still fighting over like really petty shit that like doesn't actually matter. Like even <laughs> after the informant stuff is resolved, like they're just, they don't actually care about her being an informant. They only care about why you didn't get in the sprinter van with us. Mm-hmm. They just want to know why you didn't get in the same car as us. They don't really even care about the other stuff. And, like, even when you guys break down, like, the legal stuff of all of the different housewives and everything, there's a lot of content in Salt Lake City, but you have so many episodes about divorces and um, bad surgery and, you know, all these different things that so many people have gone through. And I hope that Bravo listens to you guys and says, we have a, a huge amount of content for people to dive into on these people that doesn't have to include, like, racism, misogyny, homophobia, like... We don't need to have these xenophobes on our network. We can just have other kinds of problematic people on our network. And there will always be things for them to be like litigious about. And that's like my hope for Bravo. But God knows what's going to happen. I just hope that the Bravo's um, Bravo's insurance company listens to you guys and knows how much of a risk they are taking with all of the cards, <laughs> all, of the, all of the talent on Bravo because they, they might need to paint up their contracts. Yeah, that's all they're gonna do. That's probably it. Yeah. It's probably the lawyers listening to it and be like, "All right, add this thing yep. to, the, to the contracts now. We need to make it more ironclad." Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being on. 
Would you mind telling everybody where they can find you? You can listen to us anywhere that podcasts are streaming. And you can find us at the bravodocket.com, at the bravodocket on Instagram, at the bravodocket on Twitter, although we're not on there that much because I'm a little afraid of Twitter. Um, And then we have a YouTube channel where when we have time, we explain other things or offer additional content. And we also have a Patreon. So it is all just the Bravo Docket, easy to find. Awesome. And I will link all that stuff in the description of this episode. So thank you guys so much again for joining. And uh, we will catch the listeners uh, on Saturday. And thanks for having us. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat, come to Minnesota. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Some people call me cold, but it's not me. It's that Minnesota weather. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jet, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model, but I'll never be your model minority. Samaj Bledson. The fun bus is here, and I'm driving on the turn Mike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is.